live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I'm joined once again by my amazing wife, Smokin' Nicole. Um, and tonight is a fun show. It's a show I've been looking forward to for a little while. Uh, we have our, our friend Miguel of Crowned Heads. It's Crown Heads Night on the show. This is a, like I said, this is one I've been waiting for. I've been excited. Uh, Crown Heads is, if you don't know Crown Heads, it's, it's, it's an awesome brand. I, I haven't had anything from them yet that I I really didn't like. Most of it's been really good. So um, I'm glad he's here. We can pick his brain, ask some questions. Miguel, welcome to the show. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, both of you having me on the show. <clears throat> First time on your show. Um, truly a pleasure, man, and uh, looking forward to our conversation tonight. On behalf of the Crown Heads family, thank you for uh, supporting our brand, man. Absolutely. Um, happy to do it. Uh, since you're the guest, uh, I will throw it to you. What are you smoking tonight? You know, I'm smoking tonight a cigar that I don't get to smoke too often. Um, it's an event-only cigar. It's available at uh, select events around the country crown heads events you can always check our website and our road shows for where the cigar is being featured but it is called the blood medicine it is an exclusive cigar that john huber put together for um, some of these events that we do so i've got a four pack here and um, getting into it with some rum drinking some leyenda rum from the dominican republic uh, my shout out to Anya ramirez who uh, mealed back some bottles for me from the dr and uh, I'm just here to have a good time. It's raining out here in South Florida, man. And um, happy to be on the show, smoking blood medicine. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, we haven't had that one yet, but I, I eventually hope I can get my hands on those. I've, I've heard some good things, so uh, excited to, to try it out for myself. Uh, we are smoking, uh, I would say, is it safe to say one of your more popular lines? I mean, it's a limited annual release. If you don't know, if you haven't heard of it, it's Las Calaveras. This is we're gonna smoke the 2022 iteration with the the light blue band on it. Uh, this is going to be the five and three quarter by 46, uh, and you can find this cigar at twoguyscigars.com, where a single cigar will set you back 11.99, or a box of 20 will set you back 258.99. That's at the number two guyscigars.com and we're going to cut and light our cigar tonight with cigar blondie accessories cutters and lighters as always happy to have them on board nothing but the best i know this nice. should there's, there's another there's another set and we haven't i'm just gonna use my lighter <laughs> we haven't we haven't uh i don't know why i think it's still in my office yeah. um and so i'm just gonna get that toasted up right now um cheating but i wish i had that one well, here you go. There you go. <laughs> gentleman right there. Look at that gentleman. <clears throat> well, you guys are smoking what we call the LC46, uh, Las Calaveras 46. The size is referred to as LC46. Um, it's a size that we do probably every year. Some of the other sizes changes, you know, change a little bit here and there. But that size is very true to John Huber's heart. He loves 5.58 by 46, even a 6 by 46. It's a, it's a cigar that we both really enjoy. It's a true Cuban Corona Gorda. And uh, probably my favorite size cigar as well. And that is the 2022 blend, man. I'm, I'm glad you got your hands on it. Yeah, I had the Toro, I believe. Uh, the What's the other size? The 5 by 52 No, that's the Robusto. No, the 6.5x54. Yeah. I had the 6.5x54. And, uh, and it was good. This cigar, just right off that first light, has a, has a different taste to it that I think I enjoy more. Uh, and this, and I've been getting into the smaller ring gauges lately. Uh, so I have a funny feeling I haven't. So this is my first time with this size. Now, I've, like I said, I've had some of the others, but it's my first one with this, with the 46, I have a funny feeling. I'm probably going to like this one the best. Um, cause like I said, I've been getting into smaller ring gauges, but so the, on the last Calaveras, and we'll get right into, you know, who crowned crowned heads is as a brand and, and whatnot as well. Uh, it, this is an annual release that you guys do. And this is something that comes out. Um, in limited quantities, I, I think what was it, fifteen hundred boxes per size this year? Plus, it's about a, it's yeah, it's a little over a hundred thousand cigars that we do uh, this year. Plus a sampler, and the sampler yep. includes a Lancero that that you can only get in the sampler. Yeah, petite Lancero. So technically, yeah. there's four sizes. 
four sizes, three available in a box, one available only in the sampler. Um, and that, and, and the one year, you know, every year the blend changes. So if people aren't familiar with Las Calaveras, it means the skulls. It's really a reference to Dia de los Muertos, which is celebrated on November 1st, November 2nd of every year. My family is of Mexican heritage. We celebrate it. Um, that is, that's a Mexican a, holiday, right? It is. It's a Mexican holiday. Um, it's a day to celebrate those who have passed away um, and celebrate their life. It's not a mourning thing. It's a celebration. So we, we created what we call an ofrenda, which is an altar. And we have pictures of our family and we have uh, the flowers of the dead. Um, and we have a bunch of different things on there, uh, you know, that, that cat, Catholic and a little bit of native stuff, food. And it's really a, an incredible holiday. I think a lot of Americans, as they learn it, and obviously the movie Coco really kind of helped, helped a lot of Americans get introduced to Dia de los Muertos. And it's a cigar that John has been producing since 2014. Every single year, it's been made at the My Father's Cigar Factory, which is Don Pepin Garcia at the My Father's Cigar Factory, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, Jaime, Yanni, and, and uh, Pepin himself uh, have you know different parts that they, they've done to help with the blend. And John obviously helps guide the blend and validate the blend. And, and every year, it's been very successful. It's released every year. Usually, we'll take pre-orders in June, and we ship it in, in July. Um, so it's a summer release for us, and a lot of people will buy some, smoke them, and then they'll save some for either Dia de los Muertos or, their, or they'll smoke it for, you know, for whatever reason. And on the on the sides of all the bands, there are initials, and those are initials of people that have passed away that are either important in the industry or important to us. We've had family members, we've had musicians, we've had people in the industry, uh, Carlito Fuente and Padrones, uh, when they passed away. So there's little initials on there. And, and every year, the initials obviously change. They pass away the year before. So every year is different. But uh, that is that is really the the, the blend. Uh, it is. It is one of our most popular brands, one of our most popular releases, one of our most, it is our most popular limited release. But you know, in 2014 to where we are today, it's really been incredible to see the the growth of Las Calaveras. And and um, it's just something special. You know, I, I've met people that smoke it uh, because a family member passed away. They smoke it in remembrance of someone's birthday that have passed away or whatever. It, it's really turned into something on its own. And so I, I think John, Mike, the owners of Crown Heads, I really think it's probably grown beyond even what they thought it would be. And it's really people have taken it and, and really made it their own. It's really special. So in the lineup, so you mentioned before it began in 2014. Arguably, I, I know that 2014 is, at least in the circles that I've traveled, um, is one of the more popular ones thus far. Um, yeah. I, I have a, I have a couple of them. Um, shout out to Abe and Smoke In. Those are my boys down wow. there. Uh, I, they had some a little while ago when I was down there, and I said, oh, shit. I said, I grabbed some of these, and I've had the 2014 – the 19, the 20, and the 21, and then the 22. Um, and, yeah, so far, it, it always, for me, it always goes back to 14. I love that one, the first one. That's a really, really good cigar. Um, in terms of the 22, as I continue to smoke into this, thinking back to the uh, the 65 by 54 I like this one a lot better. This one is a lot more refined and honed in, and, and the flavor on this is just it's incredible. This, this is really really good cigar uh i'm definitely gonna have to get a box of these at some point uh hopefully uh, hopefully i can still find one but um yeah no this is a great cigar and you know las calaveras is like you know like we were saying it's 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 definitely a popular line and it's it's something to look forward to especially you know if you're getting in if you get into crown heads and you're a regular crown head smoker and, and you've had the few of them and you can you know try some of the the older ones that have come out before like yeah it's something you look forward to and uh it, it's one of those cigars for me that you know I was getting into crown heads myself and, you know, different, different stuff, the Mil Diaz, the Juarez and stuff. And I had the last Calaveras. And I was like, oh my God. And that just was like, I just, I, I got to spend way more time with, with crown heads. And it, it just, it got me excited. So um really happy that we're spoken this tonight, but let's talk a little bit more about some of the other things too. Um, You know, like I met, we mentioned some Juarez, Mil Diaz, um, you know, there's, you guys just brought back in, uh, Tim Ozinger is back to the industry, and now he has his cigars. You guys, so tell us a little bit about that. Um, Le Patissier is an, is another one that's interesting because that one was a, if I remember correctly, that was a show exclusive from last year that was one size, right. 
and you guys Correct. decided to release that in a multi-size format with a slightly tweaked blend? Uh, you, well, you had to tweak the blend because of the ring gauge, uh, the original. So it had to be tweaked a little bit for the larger ring gauges. And when I say larger ring gauges, you know, 48, you know, 50, 52 is where we kind of go. Um, I see, you know, I saw a question up there said how, you know, what's the biggest ring gauge we make? We have done 56 in the past, but 54 is about as big as we traditionally go. A lot of 46, 48, 50, 54, some 52s in there. <clears throat> um, yeah, so Crown Heads, you know, is owned by Mike uh, Condor, John Huber, two veterans of the cigar business, and they launched the brand after all of us were at CAO, and, and CAO was a family-owned company by the Osgener family. Um, for people that may have not been smoking that long, maybe people out there, they think of CAO, they may think of Rick Rodriguez, but this was before Rick. Rick was working for General Cigar. He was on Team LaGloria Cubana. A wonderful guy and his new brand and blends are fantastic, by the way. Um, but the brand CAO was started in 1968 by John O. Osgener, Tim Osgener's father. And they got into cigars in the 90s and became known as a cigar company. And, and when that company was being sold, uh, a couple of years after that, um, all of us kind of left and did our own thing. And Mike and Tim launched Crown Head Cigars. And they did it with the help of Ernesto Perez Carrillo with his factory TLA in the Dominican, producing our first cigar four kicks. And so it's been a very successful ride. I think what makes Crown Head successful is that John is very true to the industry. We may have some fun names and some fun, you know, marketing and things, but the traditional, our blends are very traditional, medium strength, medium bodied, more kind of cigars, very balanced is I think the most important word. And we stick to very traditional kind of ring gauges in that sense. Uh, Tim Osgener coming back in the industry is great. You know, Tim, obviously after the family sold, and he took time out to really start a nonprofit organization um, called Oz, uh, Oz Arts down in, in Nashville. And it's an old it's in the old CAO building and it's a, a visual and, and uh, performing arts place. It's a nonprofit. It's it's just this incredible place in Nashville that has become part of ingrained in Nashville culture. And once Tim now over 10 years has got that in the right direction, um, producing great content. He now wanted to get back in the industry and an industry that he loved and that his family that he grew up in, you know, and, and so he's back with a brand called Bosphorus, his family's Oz Family Cigars. And Tim obviously has a lot of connections to everyone at Crown Heads and he's part investor in Crown Heads. So it just made sense for us all to work together. So I got to tell you, for me, the Osgoner family meant so much to me. That's where I was first hired 20 years ago in this business. This is my 20th year. Um, uh, back in 2007, a lot of people who knew me back then, I had a brain tumor and was very sick. And the Osgoner family took great care of me um, with the help of Mike Condor and everybody at CAO. So I have this great love for the family as not just cigar makers, but also as people and as human beings. So it's a pleasure to to be representing uh, both companies, Crown Heads and Oz Family Cigars. And on top of that, you know, I think Crown Heads just continues to put out great cigars, great blends, great products out there and Le Petitier you mentioned is a cigar that's just another one of those cigars that just have that Connecticut broadleaf that medium body medium strength very rich very traditional ring gauges and I think it really speaks to people and, and I think the the early signs show it's very been a very successful launch so Crown Heads is an, is an amazing uh, cigar brand there's so many great brands out there and if people are not familiar with Crown Heads we do a lot of limited edition stuff because that's part of the fun you know absolutely um, check out our core brands still drive everything from Four Kicks, Le Carême, Mil Diaz, Juarez, now Le Petitier, uh, Luminosa. There's so many great blends that, that are that are in the profile portfolio. Hopefully people kind of get into them and try them out, man, and, and very proud to do so. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Four Kicks because I forgot all about that one. That one's another one that's, you know, a huge, huge cigar for you guys. Yeah, and there's two. There's two of them. Uh, the original Red Label is probably my go-to cigar if you put me on an island and said miguel you can take one box with you it would be the original four kicks with the corona the corona gorda size hmm. 558x46 uh, later on we released a line called four kicks cop especial that has a sumatra wrapper and that's kind of our ode to ernesto perez carrillo and kind of to his love of uh, sumatra and so yeah it's, it's it's a big part of who we are four kicks uh is a name of a song by a band called kings of leon if you're not familiar with that song, you should listen to it. And uh, that was kind of the, uh, the, 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 the mentality at the time of, of Crown Heads launching that cigar. 
I actually haven't heard that song, and I didn't I didn't know about that backstory. So now I have to definitely check that out when we're done with the show. Um, I had no idea, but gives me something to do. So um, a lot of information there. Processing and breaking that down. Sorry. Um, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. That's why you're here. That's why you're you're here to tell your story. You're here to tell your story, yeah. your story, uh, the Hosinger story, the Crownhead story, everybody's story. Um, I wanted to check in with Nicole really quick. So I wanted to ask you. I know you had an LC before, but is that the one you had the first time? It was, yes. Okay. And because I prefer the smaller ring gauges. And what do you think of that cigar? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I loved it the first time. Yeah. I, I, as I continue to smoke this, I, I think I like this one the best. This is a this is a great size. It really is. It's a it's a fantastic. I, and you know what? It's. I think part of it too is I, I've learned. So when when I first started smoking, I I was I was a big power smoker. I smoked my cigars really fast, got them really hot, and I smoked a lot of bigger cigars, larger ring gauges. And I think I've learned to kind of like do the low and slow, and have gotten into the smaller ring gauges and when you smoke a smaller ring gauge it's even more important not to get through it too fast and get it too hot i mean it's a lot easier to do um and so i, I think as i've learned to be a little more lower and slower i think i'm finding that I'm, I'm enjoying the smaller sizes um more than i used to and i think that's a huge part of it and so just lately it's everything i've had has just been it's been fantastic nicole was actually celebrating before the show and she has to finish it after but um, so it, we'll get Double to the, and we're going to get to the news too. And this yeah. will be our news segment for the show. Just a little tease, but, um, Nicole had a, um, a golden NFT that she hadn't smoked yet. And so in celebration of that being over today, she decided to smoke hers and she's about halfway through and she's been enjoying that. So, um, another s smaller format cigar. Great. Yes. I, I think it's better than the original bowl. Um, go figure. Uh, it's, it's great. So I, I'm all for it. Although there is a there is a population of people right now who and, and Miguel, I'm sure you've seen in the comments that it's it's all about the larger ring gauge movement. Um, and that kind of started with LFD. And I think now it's starting to spread to everyone else. Everyone's looking for these 90 ring gauge cigars like uh, some of the other. Well, out there. I think <laughs> I, there's a few different people I think they get credit, but I think. Overall, industry-wide, I think people give credit to Ernesto Perez Carrillo for really being the originator of the big ring gauge. I mean, he was doing it before just about anybody else. I remember big ring gauges in the 90s. They were more of a gag, you know, or a joke. You know what I mean? Someone would have a giant ring gauge cigar. It was made for you to see, to look at. But Ernie was really the first one that I remember marketing 660s to people and I, I, to me, I enjoy smaller ring gauges. I don't want to smoke anything over 54. I want to, I'd rather prefer 48 and 46. But the God's honest truth is, is that when you look at a guy like Ernie, who's a legend, he's a Hall of Famer in the cigar industry. Um, two number he, ones and a runner-up, I believe. And a number two, yep. And he's in the Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy, a lot of people of his generation have passed on. You know, as far as in the cigar industry, he is he is one of the real goats of the of the boom. You know what I mean? He was around it in the 70s, the 80s, and then benefited from the 90 boom, the 90s and the boom and, and sold his company, La Gloria Cabana, and then re relaunched EPC. But he really gets the credit, I think, in the industry. And he'll tell you that the bigger the ring gauge, the more tobaccos you can blend. Guys like Tom Lazuka at Asylum Cigars has has really created a great uh, popularity with it. La Flor Dominicana has done some incredible things with that. Hmm. And when you see these guys, you, you know, you, to me, if you smoke 660 or 770 or a Corona Gorda, after 20 years, man, I, I respect what you enjoy is what's most important. So if you like the big green gauge format, there's so many great cigars out there to smoke. If you like small, there's a lot more cigars to choose from as well. I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to cigars. So, Corona Gorda, Gorda means fat. Corona was the most popular size, you know, 50, 100 years ago. And Corona Gorda, literally, it was a fat cigar at a 46 ring gauge because a 42 was really a popular ring gauge. It's hard to even wrap your mind around that today. Mm. But I, I believe that those guys had it right, you know, 100 years ago, um, 46, 42, um, even a Lancero and maybe a 38. I, I think there is a reason that those cigars 
perform so well. But like you said, you do have to smoke them slower. You have to take your time with a smaller ring gauge. And the wrapper really shows and has its – it's really put on display when you smoke a thinner ring gauge. So if the cigar has a beautiful, nice, oily wrapper, it's really enjoyable at that ring gauge. And I can tell you that as far as crown heads goes, um, we do have some 56, some 54s. But I think for the most part, you can find almost a 46 in almost every single line that we produce. And we do that on purpose. That is truly John Huber's signature size. Before I met John, I smoked more 54, 56 ring gauge cigars. And then when I met John 20 years ago, John really got me into smoking sub 50 and that's kind of where I hover around. But when we were at CAO, I mean, we, everything came in a 60 ring gauge, you know what I mean? This is you're talking 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, so big ring gauges have been around a long time, but I have to tell you that I think today the 60 ring gauges and over are better today than they ever have been. And so if you do like big ring gauges, I think your palate today, you're getting so much better blends and, and better, tobaccos where many years ago maybe people weren't using the best tobacco and big ring gauges because they were so fat but today a 46 a, a 60 a 50 whatever you're smoking as long as it makes you happy and you can enjoy it and you get a good draw and a good burn at the end of the day that's the most important thing is the cigar that you have in your hand that you enjoy i would never give a, a 46 to a guy who likes 60s and i don't think you give a 60 to a guy who likes 46 is going to enjoy it but heck, that's why we make many all different sizes in the industry, you know? Yeah, variety, spice of life. Um, what, speaking of, you, you touched on wrappers a little bit. We have, I have a question here. What is the latest news on the broadleaf crop? Hashtag industry talk. Yeah, so, you know, broadleaf, um, everyone knows that years ago, broadleaf had a real serious issue. Um, I don't know if people understand how the broadleaf uh, works, but a lot of the broadleaf was being grown. And when you're buying from a grower, there's a lot of people that are buying tobacco from these growers. And a lot of broadleaf is used on backwoods and other kind of cigars like that, right? And a very small percentage of those wrappers are good enough for the premium cigar industry. And so that percentage, there's such a small percentage, it's already tough to get broadleaf, first of all. Then when you had people with broadleaf, you know, the, the storms were ruining things and there was a, a couple seasons of bad crops and really wet. And what happened was some of these big companies... Uh, went in there and bought whole crops. They would say, hey, listen, don't worry about sorting them. Don't worry about doing anything. Just we'll take your whole crop. And that really put the premium cigar industry at a disadvantage on broadleaf. And there is broadleaf seed being grown in Nicaragua and Honduras. There's broadleaf being grown in Pennsylvania. But if you want the, you know, the real McCoy, it was tough to get. And we have a brand called Lake Carem. Lake Carem is a broadleaf cigar that Ernesto Perez Carrillo does for us. And that cigar has performed incredibly well. It was off the market for almost two years. And I got to give credit to where credit's due. John and Mike, instead of putting another leaf on there, another Maduro leaf on that cigar and passing it off as broadleaf, they said we were, instead of changing the blend or the wrapper, we'd rather take it off the market. And as a sales guy, that's tough, right? Because I want to, I build sales for the company. That's my role. I'm a national sales manager. But there's a level of legitimacy and respect that I have for those guys because instead of faking the funk, they said, well, let's take it off the industry until the broadleaf's back. So broadleaf obviously is getting much more easily uh, ability to, um, to obtain. And so if you're an independent boutique brand, it's getting a little easier. Hence the reason why we launched Le Petitier this year. Uh, and last year, Le Petitier was, uh, was a one-off, one-size trade show exclusive. This year it's a full line because we were able to get our hands on broadleaf. Yeah, it's crazy, especially when you talk about the last couple of years specifically. I mean, with the pandemic, I mean, you had factories closed. You had farms that, you know, there was some tobacco there. But then, you know, you had shortage of help dealing with those tobaccos. And then yep. everything opened. And then you have this influx of everyone who's like, okay, well, we, now we need all this product back. We need these tobaccos back. And, you know, there's only so much that was available or being created, grown, rolled, whatever it is and so then it created more shortages so yeah i mean and broadleaf that's that's one of those ones especially connecticut broadleaf i mean that's one of those ones that's that's high on the list of of sought after limited tobaccos and it's not easy to grow or not so much grow but obtain some good quality connecticut broadleaf uh i know especially was it last year i know it was like one of the worst crops i think i was talking to someone um too much rain and things like that happen. So, you know, that's stuff that's, that's going to set the whole industry back when, you know, anyone who's using that stuff. So, um, 
And like you said, you know, I get it. And and as a ma- as a sales manager, yeah, it's, it's got to be tough when you can't fulfill a sale or make a make a sale or fill an order. Um, but at the same time, it goes back to the integrity of the brand, and you guys do what's best for you. And uh, I think you know that that's that speaks more volumes um, in the way that you guys you know protect the brand. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up here, really quickly, only because. I keep seeing it in here and this will give you something to laugh at because you know Coop very well and I know Coop yes. very well. We love Coop very much. People are hating on him because on Spare Notes last weekend, he made a comment about, you know, how certain ring gauges are just too big and whatever and everyone's been giving him a hard time. Listen, guys, I'm going to do you all a favor. Forget about the larger ring gauge talk for a minute and Miguel will back me up on this. If you want to give Coop a hard time, just ask him about Gabe Kapler. Okay, you want to harass Coop? You want to make him feel bad? Tell him that Gabe Kapler is the best manager in baseball right now. Yes, that's that's where your that's where your shots are. I mean, you guys are messing around with BB guns. I mean, you want to pull out the missiles? Talk about <laughs> Gabe Kapler. That's all you need. <laughs> he, will, he will lose his mind. He will lose yeah. his mind. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a there is a group of us in the industry that are on a uh, messenger group. It's a baseball messenger group. Hector from Espinosa is yeah. on there. Coop's on there. Um, some of the guys developing pallets. Uh, and then we got Rab Brass with do- some cigar dojo, you know, dojo and all those guys. There's a bunch of us on this on this thing. And, and that is that if, if anyone wants to start any shit, that is how you start it. You mentioned Gabe Kapler. Um, and, and that'll and that'll that'll kind of put uh, a complete end to any productive conversation that we have. <laughs> and if you and if and if you're in a pinch and you need something that's not Gabe Kapler, Matt Lafleur of the Green Bay Packers is also a, a nice alternative. He hates oh, them. nice! I did not. I don't know anything about football, so yeah, there you go. Oh you yeah, go. don't talk about Matt Lafleur. You say Matt Lafleur should be coach of the year. He'll be like. <laughs> guy, guy, guy can't guy can't win the playoffs. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good coup, man. That was a good coup. I you look, man. So Coop was kind of bashing big ring gauges, huh? Oh yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. A little bit. I, look, I, I I do think for a while that was very much in vogue. You know, it was almost like, well, if you smoke thin ring gauges, you're a real connoisseur. If you smoke anything larger, you're not. I think that's so crazy. You know what I mean? And and it's it's. You, you, if you, if you fall in love with a particular, I mean, it's so funny. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I live in South Florida now, but you know, it was like when, when I do these events, the only spirit that anyone would be drinking at an event in Cincinnati is bourbon. Hmm. And you'd meet a guy and you'd say, man, this bourbon is the greatest bourbon I've ever had in my life. And then I'd go to another table and a guy goes, man, that guy's drinking shit bourbon over there, man. You know, this is the real good stuff here. And it's just like ring gauges. I mean, you could argue until you're blue in the face about ring gauge, but the God honest truth is they all sell. We sell a lot of 46. We sell a lot of 48, a lot of 50. And you talk to Lazuka, Lazuka sells a hell of a lot of seventies and now eighties and nineties for God's sake. You know what mm. I mean? So yeah, whatever, yeah. what, again, whatever floats your boat, whatever you like. Now I would tell anyone that if you don't smoke thin ring gauges, you got to give it a try, but you do have to kind of like, as you mentioned, you got to change up the way you smoke it a little bit. You know, if you get a, if you get a cone on the end of your cigar, you're smoking your cigar way too fast. It should be flat as you smoke it, take your time and really enjoy your cigar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you, you, you early in the show, you, you mentioned um, how you guys do a lot of limiteds. Uh, yes. a, po- a popular comment that comes up in, in, People have mentioned this on the shows, and, and we've talked about this with Coop, and I, I think you already know where Coop stands on this one particularly, but I'll mm-hmm. ask you. Um, some people think that there's too many limiteds on the market right now. They think that the, the the market is being overrun by limiteds, and people and a lot of manufacturers are kind of losing sight of the core lines and focusing too much on just having limited products, and it's it's just like it's like chumming the water um, for, for a quick buck. Now, as a manufacturer, when you when you hear someone say that, you know, and who does a lot of limiteds, you know, mm-hmm. do do you agree with that? Do you do you, do you disagree? You know, and, and do you feel like it, it's just the industry evolving? It's not necessarily bad for the industry. It's just it's just a change that some people just can't understand. I think the industry is evolving. <clears throat> when you go back to the '80s and the '90s, there were not really that many limited editions. You know, I know I remember Macanudo would do some limited, you know, crop editions or whatever in the 90s but it really wasn't a thing i think the industry has evolved and it's part of the industry it's not going away and i would i would argue that uh i would argue that probably seven out of ten retailers love limited editions it's something that they can put in the middle of a table that doesn't take shelf space from the core it's something that kind of turns quickly 
a lot of retailers look i've been all i do is sales that's what i've done my entire life and when people say hey man your lake carambella cosofino your your mule kick your las calaveras these are cigars that bring people in the humidor and while they're in the humidor they're picking up a handful of other cigars and so a retailer seven out of ten i would argue love limited edition because it brings people to the door because the number one question today is what's new what's new four kicks is 11 years old it still sells but what brings people through the doors and a lot of it is limited edition stuff while they're there retailers love selling them core this core that um, hello, you like the monster from P. Johnson? Well, hey, have you smoked this Caveguan or have you smoked the, the red label or brown label? That's part of the industry and the industry has evolved. I do think if you're just putting out limited editions for limited edition sake, it doesn't make sense. But when there's a reason for it, um, for us like Mule Kick, Mule Kick, there was a reason for Mule Kick. Uh, uh, you know, if you, you know, I'll give you an example. So when we had the original Four Kicks launch, here's the story behind Mule Kick is that there were a set of wrappers that just were not the right color when they came out of the fermentation. They were just a little bit darker. And so when you create a cigar line, you'll deal with two or three different shades of wrapper that you will that are okay to use on that cigar. So when you open a box, all the wrappers should be the same color. But if you open two boxes, they may be slightly different. There were wrappers that were just a little too dark. And Ernesto told John, hey, John, I've got – he was at a trade show. He said, John, I've got a lot of these wrappers that are just too dark for four kicks. we got to think of something to use these for. And uh, later on in that day, Ernesto wanted to share with with uh, John an exercise he was doing. And he was and he had like a three piece suit on. He's getting down and doing these kick outs and he called it a mule kick. And so the original mule kick started was to use these wrappers that were a little too dark for the original four kicks. So it was let's tweak the four kicks blend. Let's make it a little stronger and let's use these darker wrappers. So there's reason behind some of these things. We don't do a lot of figurados. We don't do a lot of shaped cigars. Right. And so. The Lake Carem line is a box press line. Not everybody's a box press fan. So we created the Lake Carem Bellicoso Fino, which is round, but a Bellicoso. And so that's something that we don't normally do. And production-wise, not something we want to commit to. So we do a limited run every year or try to do it every year of the Bellicoso Fino and the Lake Carem line. And so if you've got reason behind it, I think you understand it a little better. And a lot of times I will argue that limited editions will help also create core lines in the future because people are experimenting with tobaccos and especially you see a lot of the small guys doing limited editions because there are a lot of unique tobaccos that are just not quantity and not enough quantity for the big guys to use it like generals and the alts of the world but the smaller guys can utilize this tobacco and so as long as there's a reason behind it i'm all for it i think it's fun i would argue that almost every industry deals with limited editions now the beer industry is dealing with a lot of limited edition beers if you're in the have friends that are in the shoes the amount of limited edition jordans limited editions yeezys out there it's it's not just cigar industry it's happening all over and it drives the core line um, if your limited editions are taken away from your core line then you have a problem but when it's a compliment then i think it, it's great for the industry yeah people always really want something that's limited that you know that they feel like they have to have and then there's always that oh they're only making so many cigars and i gotta have it because if not i'll miss out i can't just get these later oh i can go get you know what i can go get you know whatever cigars you know perdomo champagne i can buy perdomo champagne any day of the week any store i go to you know but you know las calaveras 22 comes out like when they're gone they're gone so it's it's also like that sense of urgency and I, i think it's um a huge thing that that plays in, into the into the psyche too and, and and you're right and manufacturers should use that you know in in the right way like you said as a compliment and it's also a good way to get customers in the door it's like oh you like las calaveras oh you like you know um you know some of the other stuff you know have you tried have you tried the four kicks have you you know have you tried some of the core line stuff and and get them into the, that way um i know I, that I, brother you are you are you hit the nail on the head because I've met a lot of people that instead of saying, hey, I was introduced to Crown Heads by Four Kicks or Lake Carem, it's usually, hey, I was introduced to Crown Heads through Las Calaveras, and now I'm smoking Mil Diaz and Juarez and, and Luminosa. And I think that is really what a manufacturer wants to happen. And when we're at events, I mean, people love to talk about limited editions, but our cores obviously is what sustains us and really what uh, we cut our teeth on and really what makes our name. But Limited editions are fun, man. If, if they weren't, 
uh, no other industry would be doing it. But as I mentioned, a lot of industries are seeing limited editions and uh, we even see it. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball fanatic. And what we're seeing is that they've noticed that if you're in the hats, the amount of limited edition baseball caps, you can buy a Reds hat, Cincinnati Reds hat, that's strawberry in color with gold. You can, and now the baseball teams are creating jerseys for different, um, different events and different things that are happening that they only wear once or twice. It just, it's part of the nature of, of, I think uh, the uh, evolution of, of us and, and people that, that enjoy different things, beer, wine, cigars, or whatever it is. And I think it's fun. I think the American consumer is just, moving away from black and white, you know, they want all the colors on the spectrum, you know, it's like, you know, kind of like with the baseball thing, you know, you make a good point, you know, it's like for a while you had the away jersey and the home jersey, and then maybe there's an alternate jersey, but, you know, now, like, in baseball is a good one, you know, you got all the holidays, even, even like the football teams are doing it too, you know, that there's different things that they do, you know, breast cancer awareness month, they do like some of the, the pink stuff, um, yep. military appreciation stuff that goes, yeah. So people want to have a, a variety and they want to have a collection of different yep. things. And I think it's, it, and I think it's definitely true in the cigar industry as well. Um, I want to hit our news segment really quick. Our news segment is brought to you once again by our friends at McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador, get your official ambassador number, coin, and while you're at it, join the McAuliffe Ambassador Facebook group. And hang out with the fellow McAuliffe smokers. Um, so news a little similar to last week um, in recognition of all of the coverage that we have been bringing you from the La Flor Dominicana Golden NFT. Uh, today was the day the final NFT was sold. That final NFT sold for $98,001. Um, and kind of an odd number, but that's what it was. And so all seven are now gone. They all sold. All of them with the exception of... I, well, I don't know if we have confirmed identity on the final winner today. It was by a username, Preston, uh, who bought it for $98,000. Um, other than that, the rest of them, but except for one private buyer, all went to retailers. So uh, Jack Schwartz out of Chicago got one. Alexander Martinez of Main Street Cigars in New Jersey got two of them. Uh, Matul and Danny of Sun Cigar Lounge and Tobacco Plaza, respectively. They each split number six. Uh, so the interesting thing is going to be, okay, now that they're gone, you know, what happens now? I mean, these retailers are, are looking at this as an investment to have an exclusive right to, to sell these cigars. And so, you know, when will they, when will they be available? What are they going to charge for them? You know, are people going to want to spend whatever price? You know, we're hearing anywhere from 150 to 250 per cigar. It, it's, it's an interesting project. Um, definitely, I think, caught the industry... Off guard, a li- off guard a little bit. I mean, everyone's kind of heard, and Miguel, I know you've probably heard about the NFTs. You know, United, Cigar- United Cigar did one last year. It's more of a traditional NFT. It was just the art file. Um, this is kind of the first, at least that I've heard, and most people I know who know a little bit about NFTs have heard where an NFT actually had something more tangible to it and was a continuing uh, beneficial income to it, too. Uh, so it, it, it will be interesting to see h- how this now goes forward. You know, they're sold. Now now what happens? So um, you can read all about this, uh, information about the NFT, who the winners are, what they sold for, and, and, and all, and what's kind of to come next at SmokingTobacco.com, uh, where each each NFT was covered individually, and there's information on all of those. Uh, if you head over there, that's where you will find it. So... Congratulate, and you know what? And I just want to say this really quick too. You know, congratulations to to the Gomez family on this because, um, you know, I've, I've had talks with Tony, and I know going into it, Tony was nervous. Like, I don't know if like people are gonna buy this and like like you know be into this and and get it. And 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 I know that he put a lot of a lot of effort into this project. So to see it be this successful, I just you know congratulations to everyone over there, uh, the Gomez family, everyone at LFD, obviously Carney. Is, is a is a part of this show too so and and he's you know vp of sales so uh, just congratulations to them really this was a amazing amazing thing that they did it, i think it, I, i'm shocked I, I i couldn't believe they they did as much as they did it's insane but uh i, I love it i love it you know i don't know if uh I'm, I, I can chime in on it but I absolutely love yeah go ahead I love innovation. I love uniqueness. I love uh, the fact that they were willing to try something pretty unique. Again, it's not your traditional NFT. And, you know, kudos to the guys over there. Uh, you know, Carney, you know, more than anybody else over at LaFleur. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a great thing. 
Um, I get to spend time with him at TAA every year, and he's just a great guy, and I'm, I'm great to see the success of these NFTs. And it, it probably not going to be the last one you hear about in the industry. And I think it's unique, and it's fun, you know? I think that, you know, LaFleur Dominicana, they're not a small company, but they're obviously not one of the bigger companies, you know? Uh, they're, they're a good-sized company. For them to pull off something like this, I, I think that, people who have similar capacity and, and uh, potential to pull something off like this, including even the, the really big companies. Like the first one that comes to mind is Drew Estate. Um, I think yep. I think you'll see some, some other manufacturers attempt something either like this, um, similar, maybe a little bit, little different, but in, in that way where there's something else attached to it, it's not just that NFT file. So... Uh, it, it, it will be interesting. I, I'm really, I, I, I'm banking that another menu, at least one other manufacturer attempts this in the next few years. And I'm really interested to see who it is and what exactly they do. It, and you're right. Innovation. It's something that, you know, and we kind of touched on this before about, you know, the industry changing, you know, we talk about limiteds, we talk about, um, cigar sizes and, and things like that. I mean, early days of cigars were, were pretty black and white, you know, kind of goes back to the whole, like, just kind of the simple thing The industry has changed. There's so many more brands now. There's so many more limited editions. There's even the tobaccos that are being used now. I mean, you talk to a lot of these manufacturers; they're all using, you know, all these different hybrids and hybrids. blends. And yeah. there's so many more resources now that, you know, as you know, someone who was with the manufacturer, you know this for sure, and you can speak on this. I mean, there's just there's so many, there's so much more potential for all of the manufacturers now, even the retailers too, because you know the manufacturers create things, and then the retailers have to, you know, move it, right? So. Um, I think it, it's just, like you said, it's an, it's an innovation and it speaks volumes to how the industry changes. So uh, we are at the 46-minute mark, and time flies. I can't believe how fast these shows go now. It's, it's amazing. Um, getting back to Crowned Heads, we saw you guys at PCA this year. You guys, do you guys do TPE? I can't remember. I don't know if you were at Yeah, TPE. we do. Uh, we do TPE, TAA, and uh, PCA. And TAA, okay. So I we I don't know I don't I don't know if we caught up with them at uh, TPE this year, but PCA we caught up with you guys. Uh, like I said, I caught up with John and uh, had, had an exclusive interview with him on the trade show floor. You can check that out at smokeytobacco.com and on our YouTube channel. Um, great booth, awesome booth. Um, everything was on display. You know, we one of the things you know Coop and I were talking about on the show this past weekend was you know people who just dis displayed well at the booths and really showcased their product. And we talked about, you know, like United and LFD who had like, their stuff in the glass case. And, and Crown Heads was another one. You guys had great presentation on your products, uh, really showcased well. Booth was buzzing. I have to say, some booth, I mean, it was a pretty busy show. But the Crown Heads booth, that was a busy booth. That was a buzzing booth. Um, you guys seemed to have a good show this year. Um, and you had and you had new stuff to show, and obviously you had the Ozinger stuff there as well. So, um, kind of maybe a quick recap of your PCA experience this year as a company. Uh, I know you guys did some sponsorship. You sponsored the opening night party. Uh, you guys had a, you guys had a pretty big year at PCA this year. We did. We were the headline sponsor for the show, and then we also sponsored the opening party, which was incredible. <clears throat> you know, I think that a company our size. Uh, has really made a big impact in the industry over the last three, four years. Um, it's been just a, a big, just a big commitment. I think on Crown Heads have to really support the trade show. We're big supporters of PCA and the work that they do. Um, we know the amount of money it takes to defend this industry, uh, and so we're very proud to take part and invest our dollars into the trade show. And this year was another great show. It was another record show. It seems like every year that we do the show, it, it, it's a record year, and um, the amount of feedback is overwhelmingly positive. We had a lot of stuff debuting at the show. Uh, Ace Prime, who we distribute, they debuted a new line called Mas Ignios. Crown Heads debuted Lipitissier. And then Osgener made his debut with uh, Bosphorus and Pice Anastasia. And, of course, we also had trade show exclusives. You know, Ace Prime had uh, Maria Lucia. And then we had uh, a cigar called Sfumato. Uh, that's been out that's getting out there in the industry right now we love the show we love to support the industry mike condor who's one of the owners of crown heads with john huber he sits on the board he's been involved with pca forever and uh you know defending defending our, our rights in dc and we know that the show is about debuting new product we know it's about writing orders but it's also about getting the industry together and celebrating premium cigars you know, premium cigars are are more than just a commodity. It's a it's a culture. 
and there's a lot of history to it. You know, tobacco has been smoked in the Americas for uh, probably as long as humans were walking on on this continent. The indigenous people of the Caribbean and South America and Central America and North America were all enjoying tobacco. Europeans came over in 1492, discovered tobacco, and it quickly, you know, uh, conquered Europe and Asia. And I think tobacco is, is if you have a love for the product, you have such a love for the plant, uh, things like the trade show are just this incredible opportunity to get together and celebrate. It's not just manufacturers and retailers. There's cigar media like um, like you and your wife and so much more that goes into it. And it's a celebration of this industry. And part of it is, is that, you know, with taxes, with anti-smoking bans, with the FDA trying to trying to control us. In reality is it's an opportunity for all of us to get together and just say, you know what, we're going to defend cigars. We're going to defend this culture and we're here to celebrate something that we love and we're passionate about. And that's really what the trade show is about. And I'm glad that we continue to stay committed to the show and hopefully the show continues to grow. Uh, there was a while there where it was dipping for a while, but as you saw this year at the show, it was a huge turnout and we hope that it continues that way. Yeah. You know, I, I thought overall, this was a successful trade show for everybody. You know, obviously, you know, last year, odd show, you know, show was put together yep. in a hundred days. No one knew if it was going to happen. No show the year before that. Um, you asked a lot of people in the industry, they'll tell you that the 29, the 2019 show was one of the worst. Um, I think all things considered, I think this year was a very good show. It, it, if some changes are being made, I think that it, this show is on a good path. I think that there's a lot of good things to come. I think that one of one of the aspects to that is it just takes some time. So I think, but I, I, this year was a good showing of, um, you know, good things to come, and I'm excited for 2023 and to see what happens after that. You know, does the show stay in Vegas? Does it leave and go to another city? We don't know, but time will tell. Um, but I wanted to uh, I want to take a break from industry talk a little bit, and uh, is it time? I think it's time. time. I think it's time. Always takes a minute with this one. All right. Our top three <laughs> brought to you once again by a brand that's uh, very special because a very special man attached to it. Rim 101 cigars. <laughs> Watch the smoking tobacco show. Eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. Smoke Rim 101. Uh, this week for the top three, I got to go baseball, right? I have to go baseball. I got to get you out of the cigar headspace. Got to give you a break from that. You talk cigars all day. I had a couple different options, but I'm trying to make this one a little unique. I don't want to just do, hey, favorite teams. I mean, I actually, I have two. I have two. If you struggle on one, maybe I'll give you the other. Favorite. Now, you're a. You're a true baseball fan. You're not just like a, a Reds His, fan or a Yankees historian, fan. Uh, minor historian, if you will. <laughs> yeah, you're a baseball fan. So I'm interested to see how you, you answer this one. So not by like overall the, the teams themselves, but I mean when I say team, I mean like by year, like the like the 93 yeah. Yankees or whatever, right? Favorite yeah. th or the best in your opinion, three teams of all time. By, by season? Oh, God. Um, to me, it would be the 1976 Cincinnati Reds. Um, that's not because I'm a Reds fan. Um, that is because they are looked at um, as one of the absolute best teams ever assembled. In fact, you probably could not assemble that kind of team today. It would be nearly impossible. Um, I think you have to go with... Um, I forget the year, but we're talking early 1900s. The Cincinnati, uh, the uh, the New York Yankees, Murderers Row. Uh, you're talking 27. See if I maybe it was 1927. Um, you're talking about just an absolute insane baseball team that is one of the greatest uh, to ever put together. In fact, all throughout the 20s, the Yankees were this massive, uh, successful franchise. Obviously, Babe Ruth had a lot to do with that. Um, I would say that uh, – let me see if I could find the actual year. I thought it was uh, 1927. I, 
I think you're right. I think it's 1927 Yankees. And then I would say the uh, 19... 1996 probably Yankees uh, because I was alive for that team. I wasn't alive in the 70s or in the 1920s, obviously. <laughs> but I think the, I think it was the 96 Yankees that just, I mean, Jeter, everyone that was on that team, just absolute insanity as far as the amount of talent on that team. And we know how many rings they won in the 90s. But that I think it was the 96 team that just blew people away. So the 1927 Yankees, the 1976 Cincinnati Reds, and the 1996 Yankees. Uh, I'm not a Yankees fan by by any means, but you have to give credit where credit is due. And the Yankees could probably be on that list several times because the teams they had in the 60s uh, with Mantle uh, was was absolutely amazing as well. Uh, but there's so many great teams uh, that that were that were out there, and it's very hard to just select one um, or top three, I, I should say. But those would be my teams. Those would be the teams that. I don't think you could get any better. 1927 Yankees, that was the team. Now, we're from Boston, so, I mean, you're talking about Cincinnati Reds. First of all, you got 75, um, which that one hurts. Uh, well, we've made up for it. We've made up for it since then. We, we got we got four, but... Um, listen, you know. listen, 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 listen. <laughs> 1975, if you talk to just a passive baseball person, everybody remembers this, right? right? Everybody remembers that. They don't remember game seven. Yeah, they don't (laughs) remember game seven. Pete Rose guaranteed a win. But it's probably one of the greatest World Series ever played in in Boston, unfortunately. I mean, when you look at the history of Boston, much like the Cubs, they had so many great teams that just never got it done. And um, my good friend Bear, uh, who's involved in cigar media as well, Bear is a diehard Sox fan. And when you see the, the Red Sox and the success they've had over the last 15 years or so, I mean, it's really amazing. Big Poppy, uh, Martinez, all the names that have come through that. And to see all the World Series that they have now is is incredible after such a long drought. But the history of baseball, um, I mean, Ted Williams never got a ring. I mean, it's hard to believe the greatest hitter to ever play the game never got a ring. I know. Uh, and and I know your guys' rival with the Yankees, but, I, I you know, uh, the Reds, too. I mean, we beat them in 76. Um, but, you know, those teams are just – incredible i mean you as a red sox fan i always tell like bear you know bear sometimes complains about how they've been performing of late and i said listen if you've won a world series and you're and you're an adult and you've seen it in your adult life i said you have no room to complain i was 10 years old when the reds won their last world series in 1990 so um you know i, I don't feel bad you know when i hear a a, 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 a giants fan complain or something like, oh, listen you guys won three recently okay like no complaining no complaining at all we got four they got three um, Astros have two. Astros have one. Astros have one. Dodgers finally got one. Cubs finally got one. So I mean, you got the White Sox finally got one in 05. I 05, mean, the the White Sox that was really something. One of the ugliest World Series rings I've ever seen. But the White Sox <laughs> got one. Yep. Uh, and what, last question while we're on the topic before we wrap up the show, I don't have the opportunity to ask uh, many people this question especially a, a Reds fan. Is it time to forgive Pete Rose? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, you, God, you're going to get me on a tangent here. The, the Major League <laughs> Baseball is, is a corporation. And then you have the Hall of Fame, which is a separate comp- corporation. They have no connection except for they work together. They are not owned by each other. Right. The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame could bring Pete in whenever they want. They've just honored the band that uh, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, the guys that Major League Baseball band they honor that, which they don't need to. But how can you have a Hall of Fame if you don't have the hits leader on your team? And and even if you took away, you know, a couple hundred hits from the guy if you wanted to. Uh, he'd still be the he'd still be the king, man. You know, and and he is a guy who played a long time, played for three different teams, um, was a hit machine. He was great for the for the for baseball when he was playing. I think you have to put guys like him in the Hall of Fame, and you can be put in the Hall of Fame as an executive. You can be put in as a player, as an umpire. There's a lot of cigar me. I mean, cigar media. You can get in for uh, <laughs> being in media and baseball. There's a lot of ways you can get in. Vince Scully's in the Hall of Fame, right? Vince, 
absolutely. And yeah. so is Marty Brenneman and, and yep. so many great guys. And, and so when you look at Pete, you put him in as a player because that's what he, you won't put him in as a manager or you won't put him in as an executive, which he never was, but you put him in as a player because when you had that many hits that, and anyone who watches baseball today, when their favorite player gets hurt and they go, man, this guy's always hurt or whatever, it's hard to stay healthy in sports. And Pete played a very long time and he was, he was continuously getting hits. I mean, the guy deserves to be in the hall of fame. I believe Unlike Shoeless Joe Jackson, I believe that they will put Pete in the hall after he dies. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be after he dies. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be like the the the, the, the tribute. All right, we'll let him in. It's a shame that he won't yeah. see it, but he'll get in. Um, and you know what's uh, in a little baseball effect here? Crosley Field, where the Reds played two stadiums ago. Yeah, uh, you could smoke in the ballpark, and there was one cigar brand they sold called Eyebold, and that was at the time was a machine-made cigar made in Cincinnati. Really? And that was the only cigar that was sold in the ballpark. Really? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, and I don't think you can smoke at any of the ballparks now. In fact, I think the only sports game you actually can smoke at is a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Yeah, well, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a cigar lounge sponsored by the Newman family. And there is a cigar bar. There is a cigar bar at... Um, uh, Tigers Stadium. I forget the name of their stadium. Oh, really? They have a cigar lounge in there. And at one time, it was sponsored by Asylum and CLE. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's sponsored by them anymore, but it's still there. You can go into their cigar bar. It's enclosed, and you can watch the game on TV. It's in the ballpark, and you can watch a Tigers game. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, it's too mm-hmm. bad. I wish there was more of that. You know, it's There's definitely a lot of people out there who I would definitely enjoy going to any game and being able to, to smoke a cigar. Um, now, when I was at CAO, I remember the Pittsburgh Pirates had a one game out of every year where they had a section in the outfield that was for cigar smokers. And I remember because one year CAO was invited to, to throw out the first the first pitch of the game. And uh, Mickey Pegg, who owns All Saints Cigars, did it. He was our uh, VP of sales at CAO at the time. And so at one time, Pittsburgh used to celebrate one day out of every year a home game that they would have cigar smokers in the outfield. But no longer, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, tobacco and, and baseball have kind of had a, a terrible breakup. But, you know, when you look at some of the minor league or the, the old school minor league teams, Tampa, Tampa Bay Smokers, the Tampa Smokers, they had a cigar on their on their jersey, which you can still buy today from Ebbetsfield Flannels out of Seattle. Um, and when the Tampa Bay Rays uh, wore those jerseys a few years ago, uh, the MLB had them take the cigar off the actual jersey. So, oh, that's a which shame. Was yeah, yeah. But if you're a cigar fan like me, you can actually go on Ebbetsfield Flannels and buy a Tampa Smokers jersey and has a big cigar on the on the jersey. Wow. I didn't even know. That's cool. That's some fun stuff. Yeah, I had to pick your brain about baseball while you were here. You know, it's something different and it lightens the mood a little bit too, right? Um, well, we I, lo- have- I love I love baseball. I love cigars. I think they go hand in hand. I don't think there's anything better than just sitting on your lanai. That's a word I learned here in Florida or your patio up north. Put on a put on a baseball game on the radio and sit back and have a cigar. There's just something special and very romantic about it, and and that's something that I enjoy doing. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's it's a great time. We are running out of time though. We're getting towards the end of the show. Um, I hate to end it short, but, you know, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, you know, Miguel, thank you for being here tonight, really. It, it's been a, it's been a great time. Um, thank you for taking the time to come on and, and, and hang out with us and smoke. Uh, but before we let you go, anything else that you want to uh, you want to say, cover, plug, whatever, uh, the show is yours. Well, look, I, I always thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I always enjoy doing these. And for me to be able to sit down and talk cigars industry, I mean, I could talk industry for days. Um, I love it. Uh, I appreciate all the work that you two do. And when you do these shows, it, it reaches out to people who are out there who are enjoying cigars. And they didn't have this in the 70s. They didn't have this in the 80s or in the 90s with the cigar boom. And now with today's technology, you can smoke with cigars from people all over the world. And you guys who take your time and to do these shows and produce these shows and invite us on, it's an honor to be on your show. So I thank you for that. And all the people out there that are listening, that are watching, you know, I just remind you that cigars are a culture. 
And cigars have been around a very, very, very long time. Before Europeans came to this country, tobacco is a native to the Americas. It's part of our culture. It's part of who we are. The forefathers of this country, they grew tobacco. And tobacco is such an important part of American history and legacy. And I think when you enjoy premium hand-rolled cigars, it's just a celebration of life. It's a celebration of friendship. It's a celebration of this culture. And through all the rough and tough things that our industry goes through with legislation and bans and taxes, the fact that all of us out there that are enjoying cigars, we all play a small part in keeping the culture alive. And so all of you out there, when you smoke a cigar, when you enjoy a premium hand-rolled cigar, maybe a Crown Heads, a La Florida Dominicana, or any other brand, it truly means the world to all of us because all of us are carrying the flag for the industry and want to make sure this industry is alive for our kids and the next generation. And so uh, to all of you, I, I raise a toast to all of you that enjoy a cigar, that tune into the show. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show and, uh, we'll see you out on the road and, um, Nicole, thank you for being a great host as well. Matthew, thank you for being what you are. Thank you guys so much. Thank you very much. Very well said. Very kind. Thank you for the kind words. Um, couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, don't go anywhere. Just stay with us as we, as we, as we go off the air. Um, but guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and everywhere you can get your podcast on all the podcast apps. And while you're at it, head over to SmokingTobacco.com for everything else that we do and for more news and updates from the cigar industry. And with that, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.